Women Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Crater celebrate the thoughts and opinions of magnetic, spirited, and influential women. Each week, bold, brilliant women spark vigorous conversations on the complexities of life, love, and happiness. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Crater. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here today with an international crew. We've got Alex from Nigeria, we've got Jacqueline from Brazil, Claire from Australia, and we've got Linda Crater, my lovely co-host from Washington, D.C., and we are talking today about overthinking. Now, I used to be a really good overthinker. I could think myself into such a snit <laughs> that I could be mad at you, love you, forgive you, and be mad at you all over again in like 16 minutes. And that's what my brain does in this overthinking. And I can keep myself up at nights. And I want to go round table to ask each one of you, you know, what do you do when you overthink? I pace, I walk, I can't focus. It impedes my relationships. It impedes my work. I'm going to go to Alex Okoroji in Nigeria first. Hi, Sandra. First of all, thank you so much for, you know, just inviting me to this amazing international roundtable conversation. And I couldn't really wait to talk to you about this because I used to be a big overthinker myself. So, um, you know, especially with my background here in the entertainment business, it was difficult even to find something to wear, right? If I have an event, you know, I would pick something to wear and then I'm going to think about it. I'm like, oh my goodness, no, would I look good in this? My tummy's going to show this, that, you know, and I would end up going through like, five or six several outfits just before I make up my mind. Sometimes I make up my mind and the next day, you know, the day of the event, I change my mind again. And it's pretty much the same thing with a lot of things that I used to do. Um, but I found, found out for me recently that um, I became more aware of it and more conscious of it. I don't, re- I don't know if people even realize that they deal with overthinking, but something that I found out was a big um, issue for me is what I call our number one self-sabotage, which is fear, right? Mm-hmm. The fear of what people are going to think, the fear of being um, imperfect, the fear of failure, the fear of judgment, the fear of not fitting in or not looking good. And it just really comes down to fear. So um, I started learning how to conquer my fear about, you know, validation and other people's um, thoughts or, out, or the, even just the outcome of failing. And that has been able to help me deal with overthinking. Well, um, I also want to thank uh, Sandra for this uh, stellar group of uh, dynamic women to talk about about how to how to deal with overthinking. Um, I would say for me is um, it's a survival fear, and I agree with uh, the person who uh, preceded me in in saying that uh, the number one uh, drive for people is the survival. Uh, survival existential fear and we always thinking what other people are going to judge us by uh, what people are going to think about us uh, be that our parents our, our spouses our friends peers whatever and I think for me uh, the aha moment or, or what what shift in my life was becoming more conscious um, I would say that was the cornerstone of how I became more aware of all these drives and stop 
for a moment and analyze why am I doing this? Why am I driving in this direction? Why am I pursuing this career? Why am I pursuing this man in my life who, who doesn't appreciate me? And so uh, the, the turning point for me was to become more conscious human being. And, and from then, uh, everything falls into place, honestly. I mean, that's really how simple it is. You know, stop overthinking. It's becoming more conscious, and and that that was the shift in my life, uh, to 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 center myself and ground myself, and um, so that's my contribution for that comment. Becoming more conscious. I love, I love what, what Jacqueline, Jacqueline says, says about becoming about more becoming conscious, conscious because. because this is something that we all tend to do, I think, is overthinking, but often we don't realise that we're doing it and it tends not to be very productive. It's not effective and it increases our stress, but just becoming more centred and grounded is one way that we can break up that overthinking and become more calm and focused. I love that. This is Linda. I I recently did um, a video because I, I work with caregivers and I try and give them topics that will help them. And there was research I was doing and I found it absolutely fascinating. Do you know that people tend to worry, or in this case overthink, up to three hours a week, but only 5% about what you're worrying about ever happens so let's assume that you are simply exceptional and only two hours a week you worry but at the end of the year you have wasted 90 hours of what would be productive time by worrying about things that will never ever happen and so I, I have this English proverb that I try and tell myself when I find myself overthinking so Sandra I don't pace I talk to myself this is a, a tendency that I have and it's worrying or overthinking it's like sitting in a rocking chair it gives you something to do but doesn't get you anywhere so I've stopped doing it if I can't control it if I if it hasn't happened yet I'm simply not going to think about it so I think that came with wisdom and wasting at least 90 hours a year for years does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah that that oh. Diane, <laughs> we're, we're having some technical problems. Can we hear, Diane? Can we hear you? Can you guys hear me? Oh my goodness! Oh my God! Oh, hold on. Yes, we can yes, hear you. We can. We can hear can you. Guys, you guys can hear me because I can't hear yes. myself. Okay, you know what? Yes. I love you guys. Thank you so much, you beautiful women. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, you know what, Dot Linda, you, you know what? You hit right on it. When you think too much instead of acting and doing things, we all know that that is the true definition of overthinking, acting and doing things. So when you analyze, comment, and repeat the same thoughts over and over again, instead of acting them out, right, that is the true definition. Mm-hmm. So these habits, these habits prevent you from taking action. That is the number one key when you know that you're overthinking. Like I tell my son all the time, he goes, mom, I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to do that. And he'll sit in his room all day and he will daydream. And he, and you know, his, his whole ideology is I'm going to be a millionaire before I'm 25. And I look at him and I say, well, son, you know what? 
I said, I believe you. I said, but I think it won't happen until you're about 80. So he goes, well, why do you say that? I said, because you're overthinking everything instead of putting all your thoughts into action. I said, when you are constantly thinking and thinking and thinking, which is the true definition of overthinking, because you don't have any action behind it, you're just daydreaming. And he said, well, how do I go about, you know, becoming or, or how, do I, how, how do I get out of this overthinking? So I said, just put the action into it. Energy, okay, these habits prevents, prevents us from taking action, right? So it consumes, one, our energy. It disables our ability to even make decisions when we're overthinking. Because remember, they say that we can do two things at one time, but physics have said that we can't, which is why when you overthink, you want to, we have to keep in mind that there's, there's not this thing called, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, when you do, you guys help me out when you do two things at once, when you multitasking, do two, multitasking, they, right. They say that that's not, that that itself doesn't even exist because the moment you start thinking about something, and you do something else, you stop thinking about that first thing that you started, um, the first thing that you started doing just to do the second thing. So I tell my son all the time, quit overthinking, because when you do, not only in that overthinking, do you think you're multitasking, but what happens is it starts to drain your energy. A lot of us don't even know that it disables our ability to make decisions and to put us on a loop of looking and thinking and, 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 and making great decisions. Did I lose anybody or did you guys get that? No, that was great. And I have, uh, Jacqueline, I'd like you to talk about the cucarachas. I was reading your book this morning about your cucarachas and I thought it was so great. If you can share that with everyone. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the, the way we try to, you know, overcome the fear is we use this tool. Everyone, I mean, this is just our method, and and, and it's not true. It's, it works for us. What happened is we decided that cucaracha is a translation for cockroach. Okay, so when it comes to fear of not being able to pay your bills at the end of the month or uh, when you overcome by fear, you feel a pain in your stomach and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, maybe it's something really serious. Hmm, how can I deal with this? Maybe it's a really serious disease. So you overthink about the symptoms that you have in your body. Let's say you, 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 your toe is hurting or, or, or you, you have a splitting headache. And the next thing you know, your mind goes to work and overthink about what might be before you even go to the doctor, before you even, you know, have any diagnostic. The next thing your mind is telling you, huh, maybe that's cancer. Oh, I know what it is. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's running, it's running this, this wheel. It's, it's, it, and it becomes so big that it's, 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 it's overwhelming. And what we do is, we objectify this fear of whatever that might be, your, your, uh, some symptoms in your body, we objectify as a cucaracha or cockroach. And we step on it, we stomp on it, and we kill it before it becomes so big that it's unmanageable. So that's what we do. We use that tool. We objectify this fear of not being able to pay your bills or not being able to 
to just say, oh, this is just, you know, a, 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 a symptoms of, that is going to go away if I take an aspirin and, and you forget about it. Instead, your mind goes to work to tell you how many things could go wrong in your body and it's going to kill you. Because our mind are, are prepared to do that. That's, that's how it works. But if you are conscious, you, you manage it and you, you are the boss. Boss, I mean, you become the boss of your mind. Instead, your mind running around you like your mind is your boss. You see what I mean? Yes, I'm going to take us to commercial break. This is Dynamic Women, and we are here today with Alex Okoroji from Nigeria, Jacqueline Lopez from Brazil. We'll be back after the break. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. It's easy to fall into the trap of bad dieting. Some look so simple, effortless, and satisfying. But that's not always reality. If you need to lose weight, it's very important to your health and well-being that you do. Being overweight brings a whole host of problems, physically, mentally, and emotionally. But the way to achieve permanent, long-lasting weight loss is to build healthy habits that will last a lifetime. Most people who have lost weight and kept it off have made lifestyle changes with low-calorie healthy eating and daily exercise that they can continue the rest of their lives. But some have gone on bad diets, like liquid diets, prepared food diets, or dramatically reduced calories, and have lost unwanted pounds, only to put the weight back on eventually. It's time to build healthy eating habits that will keep the weight off permanently. You can do it. Day has been celebrated in different ways around the world. In Italy, one tradition suggests that the first man a single woman sees on Valentine's Day was the man she would eventually marry. What's a word for the first person you see after you leave the house in the morning? A qual tag. In South Africa, some women pin the name of their love interest on their shirt sleeves, following an ancient Roman tradition known as Lupercalia. This is how South African men learn of their secret admirers. In America, it is widely believed that if women don't receive a gift of candy, flowers, or a card from their guy on Valentine's Day, he's probably going to get dumped. This is usually the cause for a charrette or an 11th hour effort by men to buy their woman a Valentine's gift. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and Dynamic Women. And one of the things that's so great about what we're doing today and every week, you can check us out on iTunes or Dynamic Women Talk Radio, is we get to explore authentically. That means without pretense who we are and how we show up in the world and what happens in our private lives, not our private lives with relationships, but our private lives with ourselves, like in our heads. You know, we were talking about overthinking and 
you know, everybody has different things that they do when they overthink. And the reason I bring this up is I like to validate people. I like to comfort people. I like to give people the opportunity to go, hey, I'm just like Alex from Nigeria, or I'm just like Claire from Australia. We think and feel similarly because as dynamic women, we're forced to take on a lot of personas and wear a lot of hats and work in a lot of roles. But at the end of the day, dynamic women have a lot of unique characteristics that we share. So Claire in Australia, what do you do when you overthink? I think even though I teach this stuff, because I'm a, a mindfulness meditation teacher as well, it's a trap for everyone. And for me, it takes the form of uh, continually rehashing. I might be um, rehashing a conversation I've had with someone or um, something that didn't go well or perhaps even, you know, rehearsing from the future, worrying about something and it goes over and over and over in my mind uh, isn't effective and I find I just get really stressed and often I'm not aware that I'm doing it. It's not until you can step back and say, hey, you're caught up in this and then I can uh, take steps to stop that. We're going to go to Joyce in Tyler, Texas. (laughs) Well, you know, overthinking is very common. I've gone through all the series of overthinking. And I find that it's sometimes for me after an event. So I go into thinking about reevaluating, rethinking. How did I really come across? And if there is the slightest negative thing, somehow I go to it. And Mm -hmm. it's like... That's what it was. If I did that better, and I just stay, it's it's like an endless loop. I stay in picking up that part that if I'd just done it better, if I could have reworked it, what about this? Maybe I could have done this. And it's just so interesting how our mind supports the negative almost and pulls it out. We don't go, I don't gravitate toward, you did that one really well. So it's a continual thing for me to uh, try and move, shift that mind thinking from picking the negative and obsessing over it, stressing over it, and moving into the positive. And I do that by just you just breathing and calming, and um, I can one relate. <laughs> uh, yes, I think it's pretty common. <laughs> so that's where I go with well, overthinking. Well, this is Alex from Nigeria, and, you know, I agree with all of the women. You know, they've said, um, you know, different things that I obviously can't relate with, um, but there was something that, you know, Jacqueline said, um, explaining the Kukurachi um, <laughs> approach. Um, ultimately, it is the thoughts that people have that definitely instigate our actions, you know, and produce for us results, whether it is for our vision or for our goals or even our, our businesses. And what I have tried to do is basically strip down to the sauce, which is really my level of thinking, right? And I have something that I do, which I you know, like to call my transformation formula, is the naked philosophy. Um, Sandra, you did say something about how this conversation really is about having authentic um, you know, conversations about how we're feeling intimately with ourselves, right? And you know, what I had said before about you know, fear being our number one sabotage, I think that what we're usually aspiring for is perfection. 
And maybe a lot of times we haven't realized that perfection itself is an illusion. It doesn't exist. So for me, what I tell myself is that I don't need the situation to be perfect. I don't need people to see me as perfect. I don't need, you know, I don't have to worry about um, being afraid, being floored, right, or not being good enough or, you know, failing or meeting societal expectations of me because which is what I realize is the driving force for why we continue to overthink our actions or overthink our ideas and intention. So for me, I continuously, you know, stay aware because, you know, for you to strip down naked, stripping naked really is just – being in a conscious state of awareness of the things that you're feeling and and knowing that perfection is an illusion. I think, first of all, if you tell yourself that perfection is an illusion and that it's okay to be imperfect, you know, mm-hmm. um, it would probably, you know, help in reducing, you know, just the stress of overthinking. Alex, this is Linda. Right. And I, I think that when we overthink, we do tend to become more negative and to focus on the negative things. I don't think we're at our best when that happens. And so when we start to go down those roads, I tend to picture a door in front of me. And sometimes they say if there's a door in front of me, you know, it will open if you're supposed to go through it. Well, I also believe that sometimes you should nail that door shut. And so I think that in this case of overthinking, I've become pretty good at visually putting a thought in my head about the nailed shut door because if I cannot do anything about it if it hasn't happened I'm not going to waste my time there I don't want to go to extreme ruminating or obsession because overthinking can very quickly become a and you turn Mm. yourself crazy doing that we don't want to set ourselves up to fail and so I use a visual because it works for me um, to stop it, to just break it, or I start to count. <laughs> if you count backwards from 20, you'll forget what it was you were ruminating about. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm very simple. It, that, that works for me. I, I agree with you, uh, uh, Linda. Then I also use this, um, this trick that I have, Women should use more their legs. And what what I mean by this is um, using your legs to go away from a relationship that is harm you, uh, using your legs to walk away from a business that is draining your energy, using your legs to walk away from a family that doesn't give you any encouragement and, and just give you negativity, uh, use your legs to leave uh, a corporate job that you hated and you don't want to leave it because you don't have the courage to do it. So I recommend every woman in this world to use more their legs to abandon situation in which they feel trapped. You're not really trapped. It's your mental construct making you think you're trapped. Use your legs to walk away from those situations. Oh, my goodness. That is so perfect. You guys, this is Daia. Now, it's so funny that you said that use your legs because that's exactly what I do. When I feel like I am overwhelmed and I'm overthinking, first of all, I'm in tune with my body. So that so when I feel like I'm drained, I know that I'm overthinking, I'm overdoing things. So the moment I do is I get up and I walk. I walk to go do something else because this is one thing that I understand with my mind. I and mean, maybe you guys can kind of you know, maybe vouch on this. I don't know if you guys um, experience this, but when I start to overthink, 
when I walk away, I already know consciously that the thought is still there because I was so focused on it, right? So when I go and do something else, it releases the energy, it releases the tension, it releases everything that I am experiencing. And then I start to get energy. And you know, you guys know, like when you're sitting at a desk for so long or whatever the case may be, and you're, or you're lying down and you wake up and the moment you, you know, or the moment you sit up or whatever, you get all this energy that just shoots up your spine and it's kind of relaxing it's in, in, and it's rejuvenating. And that's what I do. I get up, I walk. I go do something else. And when I feel rejuvenated, then I go back to the task. If it didn't exhaust me too much, if it exhausted me too much, I say the heck with it. And I start, you know, hey, I do that cucaracha effect. I stump it out. I say, you know what? Tomorrow's another day. That's how I go about doing it because I don't like feeling overwhelmed because I, because I'm a physical. I get extremely drained in my body. And that is such an uncomfortable feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I just thought about something. I, I, I really feel like, um, I mean, a lot of the times when we focus, you know, when we're overthinking something, like Linda said, you know, it comes from a place of negativity, it becomes, you know, negative, negative, mostly negative thoughts. And, and, you know, we're focusing on how things can go wrong as opposed to what could go right, right? So for me, you know, I've learned to also focus on positive things and then find the things that make you happy because the things that make you happy, you know, come from, you know, a positive place. And I found that humor, you know, sometimes is a good way to approach um, um, our vulnerability because I think that a lot of times when we overthink something, it's because we're coming from a place of fear, from a place of being vulnerable because we're worried again back to what I said about being imperfect. And so if you apply humor, for example, I remember something that, you know, I just want to tell you this quick story, but I was in India um, recently and a friend of mine, one of my collaborators, was going to take me on a scooter ride. I've never been, like the last time I was ever on a bike was maybe 12 years ago here in Nigeria. Mostly because you're an actor or as a celebrity, you're worried about paparazzi and, you know, appearing on the front page of the news, right? But also, I've also experienced a little accident. I'd had an accident, you know, some years back, and I just had this big fear of, you know, taking a bike. And so... Jyoti was going to give me a ride on a scooter and I was like, hell no, how am I going to do this? You know, what if I appear on the front page of the news and what if, and then I, all of a sudden I was focusing on all the things that could happen that could go wrong. And then it was later on, you know, well, and I realized that I was already starting to spoil it for her because she wanted to give me, you know, women drive scooter in India. She wanted to show it off and I was spoiling this treat, something that was supposed to become a treat because I was over obsessing about it. And then, you know what I said? I, I, then I remembered, I was like, hey, well, I'm not even in Nigeria. Who knows me here in India, right? And I said, you know what? Even if somebody <laughs> spots me, you know, we, we can make front cover page. And how would you feel like being on the front cover page, you know, with a Nigerian actress riding a bike in India? And then all of a sudden, it changed. I just realized I was fussing over nothing. It was such a, you know, great experience. <laughs> so I think that humor sometimes is a great way to approach, you know, just the thoughts that creep up when we're mm-hmm. overthinking. Thank you, Alex. That was so great. I'm going to take us to commercial break. I want to thank Alex from Nigeria, Jacqueline from Brazil, Claire from Australia, and getting up at 2 a.m. to be on today's show, Joyce from Tyler, Texas, Daia from Los Angeles, and Linda from Washington, D.C. We'll be back after the break, and we're going to talk more with these wonderful, dynamic women about overthinking, because I know I already feel better about my overthinking. We'll be back after the break. 
return after these short messages. think that kissing is a universal sign of affection. But there are certain groups of people on Earth who just don't do it. I think they don't know what they're missing. Humans have been kissing for a long time, as kisses were portrayed in Egyptian art in 1500 B.C. The Romans are credited with perfecting romantic kiss as we know it today. What's another word for kissing? Oscillation. Your lips are a hundred times more sensitive than the tips of your fingers. And the kiss quickens your pulse to 100 beats a minute. One kiss actually burns up to three calories. Now there's a workout I could handle. Studies say a woman will kiss about 79 guys before getting married. And the average person spends two weeks of their life kissing. What's the word for the art of kissing? Phylometology. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. February is American Heart Month, and this month is dedicated to raising awareness about heart disease and increasing knowledge about prevention. Heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States. The American Heart Association stresses that physical activity will make you feel better and your health depends on it. They say that by exercising for as little as 30 minutes a day, you can reduce your risk of heart disease. Studies show that for every hour of walking, you may increase your life expectancy by two hours. That is great news. It's so easy to get out there and get moving. Anyone can do it, regardless of your fitness level. Get your doctor's approval, then put your walking shoes on and start walking. Not only are you working on preventing heart disease, you are increasing your life expectancy. I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and we are here with some amazing dynamic women and we're going to go over to Australia to hear from Claire and she's going to talk to us about what she does when she overthinks. Thank you. Yes, we've had some beautiful suggestions already about taking action and walking away and using humor, which I just love. And also Linda talked about replacing that those continual thoughts with beautiful visual thoughts and just replacing that thought and what I tend to do is to just become more present so when I notice that I'm um, overthinking I tend to just stop and there's a technique I love which is takes about two seconds which is called pause present and proceed so pause is just to say okay take a moment and it might be just as simple as taking a breath and just to become present in your body. And so, you know, I might feel what my feet feel like on the floor, what my breathing feels like, and then proceed, just go along the day. But what I find is that it just breaks up that uh, overthinking that I've got into. So, yeah, that's what, that's what I do. Yeah. Let's go to Joyce Buford in Tyler, Texas. Yeah, I agree, Claire, about the breaking it up. I... I tend to encourage myself as well as others that when they get into the obsessive thinking, the 
the, which is usually negative and it's just like a reel. It just replays, replays, replays. That you make that deliberate decision that you want to move from your head, which is full of these ideas that are not productive, and you can move into your heart. And I do an exercise where you breathe through your heart. You actually breathe through the heart. You visualize breathing. And and that takes you into the place of love and compassion for yourself. And if you're there, then how can you be negative? I mean, right? It's all good. It's all peace. So I, I have started using that for me. Yeah. I love that. I love that. This is Linda. I, I do tend to think when we do go the negative, we absolutely presume the worst. We get paranoid. <laughs> we, we get absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. I like to think of it that I start I start to create fiction. I start mm. to create total circumstances and stories that don't exist because I've overthought something and I really have gotten very good at not doing it as much but it will still happen and I I just think that that's sort of silly and I, I make a joke of it by saying I create fiction but when I do overthink I suddenly take in, uh, a point from A and I'm at Z and I don't even know how I got there but it was not pleasant and it wasn't the load that was breaking you. It was the way you carried it. So it was just very interesting. So, no, I, I think that overthinking, we waste a lot of time and it's often negative. But I, I would rather create a positive fiction than a negative one. Well, the, I go back to my little girl training. You know, I was raised in the Christian church. I was raised a Catholic by a mom who was almost going to be a nun. So, you know, obviously Bible verses were big in our house. And, you know, I hated memorizing them. I'll be honest, as a kid, it was a total drag to memorize these. But I'm so glad that I did because I have one phrase that I say, if God is with me, you know, who can ever be against me? Or I know the phrase is, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? But I, you know, manipulated it for my own use. But when I start ruminating, when I start getting fearful, and I think like, how am I going to raise these kids? How am I going to pay these bills i'm all alone my mom is dead like all these things start jumping in my brain Mm -hmm. and i can't like claire i can't sit still and i can't set a timer on my phone and you know have a two-minute meditation i want to crawl out of my skin at that point so i just sit there going is god if god is with me who's against me who can be against me if god is with me who can be against Mm -hmm. me and i I like run that tape over and over and over and over and over till I start to calm down. And then once I calm down, I realize, you know what? God is with me. Who can ever be against me so I can proceed on my day. But I have to go back to my old, you know, training as a little girl, but it does work for me. Uh, Let's go to Alex Okoroji in Nigeria. Sandra, you know what? I was also raised in a Catholic church, so <laughs> so I do know, you know, I do know that Bible verse, and you know, I tell myself that too. But what I've really realized about overthinking is that overthinking sort of holds us back from taking action, right? We spend so much time overanalyzing our thoughts and our actions and our intentions and all of that. But I, I think that you know. The, the most important part is how do we get from that to actually taking action and making decisions and deciding because we it, it holds us back. So maybe something that we could do, which is something that I do, is give myself a deadline, right? Become a person of action. For example, if I set a timeline for myself to do something and I 
put it truth is I usually I have to say that I do what I say expression is so important I put it out in the universe like if I'm going to do something I tell people around me right if I want to take a decision and I want to do something I tell somebody close to me or sometimes I even tell my readers or I put it out there in the universe and what that means is I'm now under pressure to meet my deadline or my timeline so I spend less time Passing over it, overanalyzing it, and thinking, you know, should I do this or should I do that, or what will people think or what people say? So, I guess that you know, we can. That's something that we can try. Come more, you know, a woman of action or a person of action, which is really setting deadlines for yourself. Jacqueline. Okay, so wow, that that's a powerful statement. Uh, is let's see if I can, I can contribute something. Here's what I I think about. The power of surrender to what is. Um, illusion, uh, we, we have this illusion that we can control our circumstance, but we really can only control our the, how we react to situations. Um, really, our society makes us believe that we can prevent, control every situation in our lives, and that's it's, it's just ludicrous. We cannot. Um, the insurance company cash into our fears. Let me give you a concrete example. When I buy a ticket online uh, to travel, the next thing you know, they offer me insurance to uh, secure my my luggage. Insurance when when you buy uh, the the uh, you know to rent a car, you have to buy insurance for this, insurance for that, and that is is totally conspired for us to overthink. And you know what? I recommend, ladies, stop overthinking by surrendering to what is if that situation comes in your life. Just surrender to what is. That's wonderful. That is so wonderful. This is Daia, you guys. Okay. And you know what? I think deadlines are great. Alex, was that you that said deadlines? I think it was. I think it was Alex. I'm not sure. Yes, I did. Yeah, uh-huh. deadlines, I think, are fantastic. And I think we need to start giving ourselves deadlines. What's wrong with deadlines? There's nothing wrong with deadlines. Also, increasing in exercise. And I say that just like I um, made, said, you know, get up and walk and things like that. Because we know anytime we're exercising, what does it do? Uh, oxygen to the brain. Sometimes we're overthinking. And we're clouded because sometimes we don't have enough oxygen going to the brain. So oxygen to the brain through exercise. Stop worrying about, you know, being perfect. Someone also said, you know, being perfect. So if we get out of this ideology, this huge, destructive and sticky illusion, right, that we have to be perfect, then I think that a lot of us will accomplish a lot of the things that we set ourselves out to do. Also, most of the time when we give ourselves the room to change, then a lot of us won't be stuck on that one thought. Because remember, some thoughts come in increments anyways. So if we just keep these little simple things in mind, right? Oxygen to the brain. Thoughts in increments. Energy comes in increments, right? I think that we will totally be able to redirect ourselves to our accomplishments and our goals without overthinking. And then let me go back to this right quick. And then um, what was I saying? The, um, oh, the perfectionist. If we get out of our way, as far as being perfected, right? Because if you look at the word and really think about the word perfection, we're never going to be perfect because perfection, anything that is perfected has only one option. 
Once you're perfected, you only have one option, and that's to dissipate anyways. I never want to be perfected, ever, because I want to constantly, continually grow in my stance, in my understanding, in my way of doing things. I love that, Daya. This is Claire from Australia. And I love the talk about perfectionism and, and trying to control outcomes. And I often think of myself as a recovering perfectionist and control freak. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can, yes, I can hear you laughing too. Perhaps a few of us are here. And uh, I find this and overthinking goes together uh, very much. And Day, you mentioned exercise as well. And that's a really important point. It can certainly break up that overthinking and obsessive thinking mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. and I think when we exercise we can do it still by overthinking or we can once again put ourselves in the in the present moment and uh, you know perhaps we might be on a mountain or by a beach or wherever it is and just notice um, and that tends to uh, tends to break up that obsessiveness and the, that uh, those thoughts that often are all about uh, perfectionism and control freak, contro- being in control. And I love too that the talk about surrender, just to surrender to what is, is just mm-hmm. such a beautiful concept, I think. And uh, one that I have to often remind myself to do. It's a bit of a work in progress for me, I must admit. Uh, And I love the reminder here uh, that that is just so important to surrender and and, uh, let go of those obsessive thoughts, which is which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Here's some great, great ideas there. Well, and what's wonderful, and this is why I love talking to other dynamic women, because you guys will totally get this. Our obsessive qualities, our perfectionism, sometimes our overthinking and our inability to surrender is what made us successful dynamic women in the first place. So there's a flip side to some of this, because when I look at my ability to work for 60 hours straight with just a couple catnaps to solve (laughs) a problem when everybody else has given up, they're laying dead in the street and I'm there crawling through the dirt going, (laughs) I will make that finish line if it kills And you always will. And I always will. We'll be back on the break for the flip side of some of these things. (laughs) We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do? 
homeschooling kids in the summer, how to set up your one-room schoolhouse, how obedience is paramount, and what to do with those snakes. Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that you glean from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. For the 19th consecutive year, the Labrador Retriever is the most popular dog in America. We used to own a yellow lab, and she was constantly jumping up and knocking things off the coffee table. I guess labs can be a bit clumsy at times. What are other words for clumsy? Humulty jumulty and humperty clumperty. Rounding out the 10 most popular breeds in America are German Shepherds, Yorkshire Terriers, Golden Retrievers, Beagles, Boxers, Dash Hounds, Poodles, and Shih Tzus. Dash hounds actually make a good pool toy for little kids because they've already been stretched. Apparently, beagles can be difficult to train as they can be haber-glabber or strong-willed. Why is it dogs get annoyed when you blow in their face but take them for a ride in the car and they'll stick their head out the window? I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and we are here on Dynamic Women and um, Theodore Roosevelt wrote a great speech and he said the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the needs, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so what he's talking about is this not giving up, this you know, striving for perception, I have, or um, perfection, I have been told many times I'm obsessive, I do overthink things until I like pass out, and then sleep for two hours, and I wake up and I have the answer. So one of the things that I think is so prevalent in dynamic women is the positive use of perfectionism, the positive use of obsessing and overthinking, and the inability to surrender. Now, these are double-edged swords. I'm going to go to Mm -hmm. Joyce Buford to talk about your keys to success, because when I look at this panel today, Jacqueline Lopez, Claire Kurzlick, Alex Okoroji, Linda Crater, Daia Six, and Joyce Butler, I see so many... um, women who don't give up and Joyce Buford Mm -hmm. you have a new book out and you have not given up (laughs) no my effortless happiness that I'm just finished writing promoting has uh, been really exciting for me but one of the things that that yes she brought to mind is that we do as strong powerful women take that over-obsessing that we kind of do to um, work forward so that we can prevent things. We, we look at it from all sides, and we attack it knowing that there are situations that can happen that would slow us down. At least we recognize them. That's progress in that we're all willing to look at all sides of the issue and and come out with a solution. You know, Sandra, from your experience, you say you just give it time and, and the right answer will come. We've all offered great, great suggestions from 
exercise to walking to rethinking. All of that is just great and powerful. And it's, and it's identifying which one works for us to keep us moving forward because we don't want to quit. We have a message to offer. And it, it's knowing that we have it inside of us that needs to come out. So I, um, it's just been great to be with everybody and see how we all had similar issues and how we all approach it differently, but very mm-hmm. successfully. Yeah. Very so cool. So can great. we go over to Alex? Yeah. I agree. I agree a lot with Joyce. You know, like she said, you know, a lot. You know, a lot of the women have shared so many amazing, positive things that we can do to be basically curb our overthinking. Um, I would say, really, that you know, for me, um, not focusing again. We've talked a lot about perfection here, and you know, just us. You know, we striving for perfection. Perhaps, maybe, even as you say, as we are dynamic, successful women, maybe we should care more about reaching excellence than striving for perfection. And mm-hmm. even as, mm-hmm. um, you know, as Jacqueline says, you know, we should surrender because I, and I, I guess that that comes from a place of knowing that we are not, we cannot control everything. Even though we cannot control everything, we should tell ourselves that we are still in control. So a typical example would be today, you know, I've been writing a blog post. I was supposed to post it on Monday. I wanted to write that, you know, post that uh, article on Monday and you know it took me basically three days because I thought it wasn't perfect well I thought it wasn't good to go yet right and (laughs) some you know at some point it looks like I kept obsessed about it like okay you know is it good to go yet no it's not good to go yet and at a point I said to myself okay the only way that I could spend two weeks writing this article so I need to give myself a deadline which is where I bring back deadline to that yes you Think, you know, you think about it, you analyze because you're striving for excellence, but with the deadline, you have no choice but to just take, you know, just make a choice, take a decision and act on it. So, um, with the deadline, I think it keeps me, it, it, it helps me to be in control, even though I can't control everything. I love that, Alex. This is Linda. I tend to think that not giving up is not an option. For dynamic women. I mean, it, it doesn't even cross our minds to give up unless our intuition and our, our really logical thinking is telling us that we're going down the wrong road. So we change course, but that's not stopping. And while women complicate things, sometimes the overthinking piece, I think one of the most amazing parts of these relationships with other dynamic women is that they can help to interrupt the cycle. It's not their problem. So when you call, for example, I will call Sandra and say, I'm having an issue with this. And she'll cut through the clutter right away because it's easier for her to see and move away all the noise and just offer a suggestion or two. I can do the same for other people. And I think that having relationships and people you trust can take that overthinking and that worry and interrupt it and and move you back onto the present moment and solutions a lot faster than if you're trying to do it yourself. So we're all very good at what we do, but helping one another and reaching out for help, not something that's always easy for dynamic women to do, really does help the whole process. That's my opinion, but I think the relationship with other really smart dynamic, brilliant women is a great way to check where you are and, and how to stop overthinking. Well, and Linda, how many times have we had a conversation where we say, 
Am I overthinking this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, and we're very direct with one another, which I love because, okay, good. Then I don't have to think about it that way. Maybe I, do you remember I called you once and said, I'm, I'm upset because I've got this many calls out and I haven't gotten these calls back. You said, this is a problem. Do you remember this? Yeah. And I mean, it was just funny because it really wasn't a problem. It was a good thing to have happen, but I just was lacking the patience to do that. So sometimes we get better with patience over time, too, thankfully. Well, I would like to share with all of you, see if you, if you agree with me. Uh, we all have this lizard brain uh, that serves uh, for the drive or survival of the species. Uh, so I, I want to share with you why I think this happened. Uh, when we were kids, uh, our parents uh, taught us how to do things, how to be better than Susie and Mary, uh, so we can deal with uh, this competitive and hostile world. Uh, in our, our school system, when we go and get educated to become professionals, we strive to be the best in our class. We strive to be the best uh, accountant, the best lawyer. And so we always push in to be the best because that's our survival, a drive for survival. But the thing is, uh, so we forgot in some point in our life that we don't need to drive anymore, like as if you're going to kill ourselves to become the best in everything. So I invite all the ladies and everyone who listen to us that to understand why we do this. Uh, because the drive for survival, our parents uh, want us to prepare for the world, but we somehow forgot that we don't need to push and, and, and compete with everybody else to be the number one anymore. You can drop your story. You can drop yourself and just relax a little bit. Right, exactly. And you know what? This is what I say. This is Daya, you guys. Um, uh-oh. Yeah, this is Daya. So... The school system, you know what I've learned when I when I deal with remarkable people, that they're not educated by the school system. So right there, that is proof to us that we don't always need the school system in order to be dynamic people on this earth. It is a systematic programming uh, uh, mental like crucifixion. That's how I look at it. But this is one thing I want to say. I'm an addict and I am going to go ahead and just announce that to all of you women. <laughs> I am an addict. I am addicted to information. I realize that I am an information junkie and I am addicted to my creativity. So when I am working, because, you know, I had to sit and I had to think and I said, okay, why is it that I am always working and, 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 you know, and, and sometimes I have abandoned my children just to work, but I have not always done that. I didn't do that when I worked for the phone company. I didn't do that when I worked for, um, you know, other organizations. I only did that when I was in my creative mode because I'm feeding myself. And when you feed yourself properly, it's almost like you, you know, you're able to get on this uh, invisible fast. And I really don't even call it an, an invisible fast because it's really affecting me. I have all the energy to keep going. And like you, Sandra, I fell, I always fall asleep at my God darn 
uh, studio, right here in my studio, right here on my table. My hair was in my food. Okay. <laughs> I went up last night. I swear. I went upstairs and I looked at my bed and I said, I haven't slept here in like a few days. I've been sleeping in my chair, working, falling, waking up. And all I need is like 30 minutes of sleep. And then I'm rejuvenated to start it all over again. I forced myself to go to sleep, but I don't take that lightly. I look at it as a gift. It's also my weakness. And I say to myself, how lucky am I to want to always create and keep going? Because some people really don't want to, you know, blessing. I love that, Daya. This is Claire from Australia. I can really relate to what you're saying about that drive to work and drive to learn as well. And it really is a double-edged sword. You know, that, that's what makes uh, the dynamic woman just so successful, that drive to work and act. But I think the other side of it is the, also the need to, to rest and, and relax and rejuvenate. And just um, going on what Sandra mentioned too, it's that stepping away often and when you come back, you know, you might wake up and then the solution comes. And I think that's often what we miss as when we're caught up in that work, work, work. And certainly this is what happens to me. Often I forget that, okay, if I just step away, you know, it doesn't have to be long and come back. And that's when might be just in the shower even and that and something will come. Uh, The solution to a problem I might have been thinking about it. but, But it's turning for me that excessive thinking that isn't awfully productive into that constructive thinking that can be just so useful for us. I want to thank our crew today, Alex Okoroji from Nigeria, Jacqueline Lopez, Brazil, Claire Kerslake from Darwin, Australia, and our U.S.-based crew, our U.S.-based flight crew, uh, <laughs> Joyce Buford, <laughs> Daia Six, and Linda Crater. For Sandra Beck and the rest of these dynamic women, I wish you a powerful, exciting, and amazing week. We'll be back again soon. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. And join us each week. You can find more shows on dynamicwomentalkradio.com.